the Stephen Colbert late night crew was arrested at the Capitol committing an insurrection. If you think that last insurrection was bad, that was nothing compared to this one. The date June 20th will live in infamy forever along with Pearl Harbor, the day that Lincoln was assassinated, and that day McDonald's forgot your french fries in your drive through order. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So about seven members of Stephen Colbert's late night TV show cast and crew got arrested at the Capitol the other day. And the facts on the situation are not entirely clear, but it seems like maybe some Democrat politicians, you know, let them in so they could do some sort of January 6th skits for the TV show. And like I say, it's not known, but maybe they were there earlier when it was allowed, but then they, you know, they were let in a second time or they stayed there after the place was closed. And then whatever, if you're not a authorized person, then you're not supposed to be there. And so the Capitol Hill police officers, they, I guess they arrested them. Now, I don't know if they did, arrested them. They detained them, took them to some holding area, and then I think let them go maybe after a half hour. And so, okay, you know, pa, after I ask you this question, pause and see if you can come up with the joke. Right? There's a very obvious joke that you make about this situation. You didn't pause, did you, you little non-pauser? I should say pause means peace in Spanish which makes it a good name for a dog. But the obvious joke is that the Stephen Colbert show committed an insurrection. And you know, if you're deadly serious about January 6th, then you're like, that's not something you can joke about. Which, you know, in my opinion, if it's something you can't joke about, you should joke about it double. But in any case, I like, you know, I instantly came up with that joke, but I think, you know, across America, a million people came up with the same joke. I mean, it's just too obvious. So I went to Twitter to tell that joke, and it turned out Tucker Carlson was already um, trending because he did a whole 15-minute segment on it. And so I was like, well, I guess you know, it's too late to tell the joke. I mean, I thought of it on my own. I didn't get it from no one else. You know, it's not stealing a joke. But anyways, I didn't want to be last to the party. But I don't watch Tucker normally, but I went to YouTube to see, you know, to see what he said. You know, was he joking or whatever? And his... I think he is joking. I mean, I don't know. I watched about four minutes of it. I kind of like what he did. I mean, I think he was joking. Like, you couldn't tell. He's like, June 20th, a day that will live in infamy. You know, this will go down just like Pearl Harbor and the Civil War. I mean, actually, he didn't say that. That's me. That's me making my joke. See, I could make a much longer joke about it. But in any case, he just treated it like it was the most serious thing that has ever happened. You know, that was just as bad as the last insurrection. You know, you think that insurrection was bad? Well, check out this one. See, I can't stop making jokes. I mean, the jokes just write themselves. But so, you know, most famously Tucker Carlson, but probably many other people on the right side of the political spectrum were just having fun with this, calling it an insurrection. And so then Stephen Colbert, he, he didn't address it for, I'm not sure, a day or two or something, but... He decided to address it. He didn't explain what happened, but he's like, he decided to come out and say, you know, January 6th was the most evil thing ever, and you're you're all evil. If you're if you're talking about this thing like an insurrection, then you know, no one has been more evil in the history of evilness. You're worse than Hitler. But he's going on about it. He's like, a puppet is not an insurrection. Yeah, apparently there's a puppet involved, so that's fine. But then he said something that set off my anti-woke gaydar. He said something like, 
Comparing this to January 6th makes you the worst person in the world. And it's an insult to the people who died that day. So I don't know. I mean, I'd like to call what he said there a lie, but uh, I guess it's disinformation. You know, you got misinformation. That's where you spread things that are false, but you do it by accident. And then you got disinformation, which is where you are trying to deceive people on purpose with false information. And so on January 6th, there was three people who died. There was like two medical emergencies. I don't know if they ever specified exactly if it was a heart attack or a drug OD or whatever, but there's two medical emergencies, I think men, and then there was that woman who got shot by the cop. You know, a rioter. A female rioter got shot by a cop, got put down. I guess did I say this? So all three of them were illegal trespassers at the least and basically rioters. So three rioters died. And I don't think Stephen Colbert is like... This is an insult to the people who died on January 6th. The three rioters that I hate. And so, but this disinformation works because when January 6th happened, there was there was like some unknown, you know, unnamed sources said that an officer Sicknick died because he was hit with a fire extinguisher. I mean, that he was murdered basically, that an officer was murdered. And so that was like, you know, that was what made January 6th so fun for all the pigs and shit mainstream media when they were writing about it they're like january 6th was the worst they killed an officer with a fire extinguisher like that's you know it's the first thing you bring up the first thing you when you're talking about january 6th the very very first thing because it's just it has the most uh you know it grabs you the best it's, it's the most punchy thing is oh they killed an officer with a fire extinguisher and i'm pretty sure on purpose but basically you know, whoever whoever could have told you that that wasn't what happened, it was like a couple of days later, I think he died of a stroke, which is, to this day, you know, unless someone comes up with new information, it was an unrelated stroke. And I believe the, the fire extinguisher thing was completely fabricated. But in any case, it probably took two months or something before that information came out. So the mainstream media, they probably wrote a thousand, I mean, I don't know, somewhere in the thousand to ten thousand articles, uh saying the murderous, the murderous insurrection, right? And then, you know, and then when it turned out, ah, oh, he wasn't murdered, he died of a stroke a couple days later, you know, just radio silence. Radio silence, we've convinced America that it was a murderous insurrection, so don't mention that stuff ever again. You know, they didn't even do a hundred articles to say, ah, oh, you know, those 10,000 articles where we called it murderous, well, it wasn't murderous. But so anyways, like I say, my gaydar picks up on this. And so now when people, I mean, just, just look for this. Look for this, dear listener. When you hear talking about people, when people talk about January 6th, they'll mention that people died. And that's because the vast majority of people, when you say someone died, they'll go like, oh yeah, I read that article a year ago about the officer who got killed with a fire extinguisher. Oh yeah, yeah, he died. He was murdered. You know, you, they let your brain fill in the blank with murder. And so here's how I know Stephen Colbert is spreading disinformation versus misinformation. Is that if, if you don't know any better, you're like the murderous, you say the murderous insurrection, right? You heard it was murderous, they said it was murderous, you still think it was a murderous insurrection. So that's what you call it. You know, that, that insurrection where they murdered the cops. But if you hear say, someone say people died, that's weasel words. And they're like, you know, don't ask, you know, let's not, whatever. They want you. They want you to think that someone was murdered, but you know they're like when they say someone died, they're like, yeah, I know that it was three rioters who got who died, 
and no one was murdered. So it looks like we may get some sort of gun control laws passed after the Uvalde school shooting. I think 14 Republicans joined 50 Democrats, so 64 out of 100 um, senators have said, we're going to take a vote on it. It wasn't the vote, but we're going to take a vote. It doesn't have any of the, you know, the big wish list that gun control people want. It doesn't have a assault weapons ban or, you know, raising the age of buying a rifle from 18 to 21. It has something for red flag laws, you know, where you can turn in your crazy brother or you can tell the cops your brother's crazy. Don't, don't let him buy a gun. I guess they set aside $11 billion for mental health stuff. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to stop shootings, but maybe they can spend that wisely. And I think the close, you know, that's all fine. That's basically like just spending money. But um, I guess the thing, the thing that's closest to the wish list of gun control people is they have enhanced background checks for age 18 to 21. So it's not that you can't buy it, but you might get a better background check. And I think it's like they can look at your juvenile records, you know, like whatever. If you murdered someone when you're 17, I guess, you know, in, until this, if this law gets passed, if you murdered someone when you're 17, well, that's fine. You can have a gun. And I think it also opens up uh, psychiatric care records. So basically, criminal and psychiatric records before the age 18, those can be looked at when, when you're in between the ages of 18 to 21. And after 21, you know, whatever. If you're in the mental hospital and you killed someone when you're 17, after 21, you can't look at those. And these things are all fine with me. I'm not, I mean, I've talked about it before. Like, you know, I think maybe raise the age from 18 to 21, that would have been, I think that's what they should have done. And probably, and probably nothing more, but whatever. It's all just opinion. But I listened to a long segment about the subject on Commentary Magazine podcast this morning. And they're good. I mean, you know, they're warmongers, but they're good. And, uh, and they broke it down from every angle, period. But they just, Whatever, I thought about it. After I listened to the whole thing, I'm like, yeah, but why did the Republicans do this? Like, you know, they don't have to, they need, you need 60 votes to pass a bill in um, Congress, or sorry, Senate. And there's 50 Democrats, so, you know, you know, why is 10 or more Republicans going along with it? Just when they usually don't, you know, like, there's a lot of people in the base who are like Second Amendment um, proponents, and they don't want any laws restricting anything about guns. So why did, looks like maybe 14 Republicans decide to do something. So I haven't heard anyone else say this, so I'm going to say it here. I mean, it's got to be the midterms coming up, right? we got an election coming up in November. And, you know, a certain number of Republican politicians are worried that uh, school shooting gun stuff might, whatever, might uh, cause them to lose elections. And so I think they want to they get that off the table, right? They passed this little law. Then when people are like, you monster, you're not taking away the guns from every single American. They're like, hey, we just passed a law. We just passed a law, baby. And I think this is the first gun control law passed at the federal level in, I don't know what, 25 years or something. Like Sandy Hook. Everyone got in a much bigger outrage over the Sandy Hook school shooting. But I mean, basically, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that led to nothing, but it did lead to nothing. And then maybe this one will lead to something. So the Supreme Court is in the time of the year where they hand down their decisions. They don't do it like all the time. And everyone's waiting for them to overturn Roe v. Wade and let states ban abortion if the state wants. And the Supreme Court, they're being, I don't know, I think they're being a bunch of bastards about this. 
And they're like, and I'm like, pull off the Band-Aid. If you're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, pull off the freaking Band-Aid. But no, they're, they're going to make us wait till the very last thing. I think it's like this week and next week, or else they don't even do a decision this year. Or maybe they're just really good showmen. They're like, no, 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 you got to watch all our boring Supreme Court rulings first. And then, you know, the finale, the, the yeah, the... Like, it makes me think of a Marvel movie. Like, every Marvel movie, the end of it is a giant fight between the good guys and the bad guys. So maybe, whatever. Maybe they're just, you know, they're, they're making us wait. They're getting, they're wetting our uh, appetite. But they just did, they handed out a couple interesting decisions, which I've already forgotten, except for one, the most recent one, was apparently in the state of Maine. Uh, they got people, they got, it's, it's the most rural state it's more rural than Alaska. Like, they got people that live in bum-fuck Egypt. That's racist. Bum-fuck Maine. And so there's no schools. So Maine has a special program where basically they'll just give you money and you can send your kid to, you know, if you can find a school, and there ain't a public school, then uh, you can send your kid there. But Maine was like, but if it's a religious school, you can't send your kid there. They're like, you know, like, this school doesn't allow gay people. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, that's what they said. They're like, this school doesn't allow gay students. So you can't send your... You can't. We, can, we will not pay for you to send your student there. And so the Supreme Court said you have to pay. You know, if you're going to pay for other students, you got to pay for these students, even though it's a religious school. And I guess, you know, not liking gay people is not enough to change that fact. But the interesting part is like kind of how they worded it. They're like, you know, you can't discriminate against religious schools. I forget what they said, but like religious schools or schools with like a real hardcore opinion on stuff. And so, you know, like basically nowadays that would be that would be like woke schools. Like, I don't know if the Supreme Court meant it this way, but they kind of said you can't discriminate against woke schools. You know, if the school is like climate change, you know, you got, you know, you got your you got your uh, preschooler and you're like just pounding them over the head with climate change is real and you you should become a transgender child well i think the supreme court has said that stuff's fine too it makes me think you know i think in like you know la yeah let's try la be a great place i think in la you could make like a little preschool you know first you know you you could make a preschool charge a ton of money and specifically the teachers will turn your kids not straight like i think some woke parents would pay for that and you wouldn't call it like turn the kids not straight you'd be like we are going to spend you know four hours a day exploring the possibility that your kid is not straight i think there's money to be made there so there you go dear listener if somehow you're in a position to start a school in los angeles uh i would give that a try and i think the more money you charge like you know if you're like oh it's 10 grand and we'll explore your preschooler sexuality, no one's going to sign up. But if you're like, it's $250,000, and we have a transgender doctor on staff, uh, I think you get a ton of people signing up. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.